0: Welcome back everybody at All Met Sports Talk here with Coach Sherm. Episode 45 coming up with Will Richardson, who's former security for the Toronto Raptors. He's got a great story. I'm going to cover him growing up in uh, Western New York, upstate New York, uh, his college playing days, and then his time he served. Uh, he was with uh, Baltimore Police Department, FBI, NAACP, before making his transition to the uh, Toronto Raptors security detail. You're going to really enjoy this. It's a long interview, so... I'm actually releasing this a little bit early this week. If you're wondering why it's showing up, obviously you can see how long it is uh, before you uh, started this interview or started this episode, uh, but wanted to release it early. So you have a couple of days to listen to it. So it's going to come out sooner than the uh, Friday release date. Big thanks to uh, Preston Suggs for the interview last week. That was a lot of fun, really enjoy us. Good friend of mine. And obviously, you know, sends us the great music that we play on this show and it was just a lot of fun to, to interview him. And um, we'll see what these uh, NBA predictions look like. The NBA starting off, you know, obviously, the second round has started. A couple blowouts, a couple close ones. So we'll see how this proceeds. Uh, I think the Sixers are in a lot of trouble if they don't get Embiid back soon. And uh, not sure who's going to stop Giannis, but he's definitely looking like the, the MVP he is. Uh, as always, remember to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search All Met Sports Talk on twitter uh it's at allment talk and you can always email us on sports talk at gmail.com so enjoy this interview with real with uh, will richardson i think you're really gonna like it Mr. Will Richardson, thank you for joining uh All Met Sports Talk tonight. I've been really looking thank you forward. For having
1: me. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, I've been looking forward to this interview for for a while now. So um your story's really interesting and uh there's gonna be a lot of laughs, I'm sure. But- yes, yes,
2: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Thank you. So uh former uh security for the Toronto Raptors, but before we get to all the NBA talk, uh talk talk to the audience about where you grew up and and you know where where young Mr. Richardson started.
1: Well, you know, I grew up in a small town in upstate New York. Everyone thinks when they hear about New York, they think it's only New York City. No, the state of New York is rather large. And Mm -hmm. I grew up almost uh, in Pennsylvania. So I'm like 70 miles southwest of Buffalo. So when we played, when we would play, uh, we would play basketball. We were always in Buffalo. Okay. Uh, We were in a Buffalo area. What was the town called? Jamestown, New York. Okay, Jamestown, New York. It's where Lucio Ball is from. Really, Lucio Ball, and believe it or not, I think it was the one of the first black mayors that Washington D.C. had. His name was Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's from Jamestown. Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a a brother that lives in Williamsport, Williamsville. yeah Williamsville, that's buffalo buffalo yeah yeah that's buffalo by the university of buffalo yep the, yep, the yep. football stadium is basically in uh his backyard so absolutely and then I another am. brother in rochester so oh really
1: i have a long storied history about my education that's something that we'd have to go over another time but yeah i'm very familiar well with you the can university give us the, buffalo.
0: the rundown. so let's so you grew up there what so what was life like uh, what, what sports did you play things I like play,
1: that. i played a little bit of everything i played basketball i played football i played baseball uh we played everything. We were a very unique community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were mostly known for football. We were, we were a powerhouse throughout the state of New York. There was always, it seems like every year we ended up in a rich stadium. I didn't play. I didn't play beyond uh, my ninth or 10th grade year. Okay. Uh, it was just that competitive. We had a lot of dudes that went D1 uh, playing football. We were hard hitting and uh, uh, just very athletic. So, uh, after, at the time it was called junior high school, Mm -hmm. it went from like seventh to ninth grade Mm -hmm. after ninth grade, moving into high school, I didn't play any more, any more football, ended up playing basketball and, uh, our basketball year, we were highly competitive. Uh, one of my, in my junior year, we moved to the, what they called the NFL, which was the Niagara frontier league. Okay. And uh, that league consisted of a lot of Buffalo teams okay. and the bu- a lot of these guys that were coming out, like Gary Bosserts and uh, Kurt Aikens went to the University of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was one of the all-time leading scores in the state of New York. Uh, all played uh, in or around that league where we play them at some time. If they weren't in the NFL, they were one of the teams that we would pick up okay. uh, and we'd end up playing. And then one, also, uh, we ended up playing one time in Erie, Pennsylvania at Gannon University, at the time in which Dunbar was at his height. Mm. Dunbar, that was, Dunbar uh, Baltimore? Dunbar, Baltimore. Okay. Uh, and that's when you had uh, Muggsy, Muggsy Bowes. Reggie, Reggie Lewis. Reggie, Reggie Lewis. Reggie yeah. Williams. All those cats were on one team. And then we had a guy out of uh, of, of Pennsylvania, and his name was Dave Bowen. Mm. And he ended up going to Notre Dame. And so we were all picked to play in this tournament. We got knocked out earlier early in the, in the tournament, but, uh, this team out of Warren, Pennsylvania ended up playing, uh, playing, uh, uh, that team out of, uh, out of Baltimore. It was just, it was just something to see at the time. I had a lot of great experiences playing against a lot of great talent. Uh, I graduated high school in 1983 and that very year, just in my graduating class, we had opportunities to play against. That was, that was Kenny Smith. That mm-hmm. was, uh, People don't remember dwayne Pearl washington uh you had a you had a class of people <laughs> that were coming out and you had to be good just to be uh listen to, to go up there and play against such talent yeah uh, uh I ended up going to uh basketball camp at uh, Syracuse university mm-hmm. uh it was I, it had to be so it had to be eighty two eighty two that we went and Jimmy Beheim was mm-hmm. pretty new up there. Uh, and so they had uh, uh, that uh, Tony Red Bruin and, and all those guys that were playing on that Syracuse team. But we played and went to this, this uh, uh, basketball camp and we ended up playing the Pennsylvania All-Stars. Mm-hmm. So they took the All-Star team of this basketball camp and they brought up the Pennsylvania All-Stars and they had Jeff Lebo. Uh, went to the University of North Carolina, Dave Popson, uh, all those guys. That was Those were experiences that you never forget. That's when you realize there's levels to this game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's levels to the game. Oh, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. But you realize when someone can tell you where I'm going and just how they're going to do it, uh-huh. and, you, and then they do it and remind you that they did it, it's kind of disheartening. Yeah. It's kind of disheartening. So, yeah, I grew up uh in 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 uh the upstate New York area, and I went to a, a school down in uh central florida uh not the University of central it's called Weber College okay it sat outside of orlando now the way that happened was i'm coming out of high school and I'm getting looks here and there, but there was one coach, his name was Nick Creola this guy was fantastic matter of fact he was a junior college coach had the number one junior college uh team in the nation for many many years Mm -hmm. and he ends up getting picked up by this school uh down in Florida Weber College uh and he begins to recruit and I ultimately get picked up by this team now this team was horrific Mm uh the years before that we came so this junior college coach that was always in the national junior college championship uh uh games uh ends up picking me up and we end up going down to this school. Now everybody knew that Weber College at the time was trash. Mm-hmm. Uh we were one of those teams that everyone wanted to play. As a matter of fact, just to let you know how trashy we were, <laughs> they were not us. Uh they were uh they would make us their homecoming game. Of course. Cause was, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, because you know it was the shore win. Right. It was the shore win. Right. So it was crazy. So the 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 vice president of the university of the excuse me of the college was the head coach's brother mm-hmm. and the the president of the of the of the school his name was buck cleveland and buck cleveland like we were in the orange groves of 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 of, of florida mm-hmm. and buck cleveland was known for keeping a pistol yeah mm-hmm. he was the president for keeping a pistol in his drawer just the old country guy, but he's like, listen, I got to bring some talent to this school and I want to bring his basketball team together. And I need it. and I need it fast. And so he hired Nick Criola uh-huh. and Nick Criola ultimately gets me down on this team. Now he develops his team. And this team is, it gives me chills when I think of it. this team is loaded with talent. The only reason probably the majority of us didn't play D one is because we probably didn't have the grades to get to where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh now, now what, you know, what, what division was this?
0: Was, this was, was this
1: was division division three and we ended up going division two. Okay. We ended up going division two. Uh so we get down there and we begin to just try everyone who was in our way. We were <laughs> such we were such a talent to watch that everyone would come to watch us just during our highlights, just during our warm-ups. Wow. Because everyone could dunk. Yeah. Was hype. As matter of fact, believe it or not, there's an article was written. There's an up and coming writer at the time. uh, His name was Mitch Albom. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Mitch Albom. He's from Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, from Detroit. Yeah. And Mitch Albom wrote wrote an article, and if you take a look at it, you will see it'll blow your mind. Uh, It was entitled the best little school that you never saw. Wow. Yeah. And he was up and coming out of the Detroit free press. Uh And he wrote this article. As a matter of fact, it's still on the top 50 list of articles ever written. Really? Yeah. It was, it was that good. Like we would go out and beat people to the point where like, we would even play the university of Uh Florida scrimmages, Uh the the Georgia, the Georgia Techs, and all these things. He played against, remember the dude, artist Gilborn. Uh-huh. Well, his son played for Georgia State or something like that. And they brought us up for a scrimmage. The way we beat them, <laughs> the way we beat them, it was insane. We had a dude named Rodney Jones. He could he was he could jump out of the gym at the time before it was even faster off of two feet. Mm. He would jump and his his chest was was at the rim. Yeah. Uh he was they were always known as like being the defining ones. I'm, you know, I'm the little dude. <laughs> I'm the little dude on a team. And just to show you these goods, these dudes were this good. Z, I was just happy to be on the team. Uh-huh. I was literally, <laughs> I was literally the last one coming off the bench of this team. Uh-huh. But to show you how these guys were, we could mess with one another mm-hmm. when no one else could mess with mm-hmm. us. That's uh, family. Yeah, that's family. That's yeah. exactly family. So yeah. he develops this team and he brings us all together. So he gets the he gets guys from Maryland, Uh -uh. New York, from not just upstate New York, from Mm -hmm. New York City, and then from Florida. And he brings us all together. And when we first got down there, there was was that that, that colliding, but we were all teammates. And since I was a littler dude on the team, they would pick with me (laughs) relentless. But if you didn't didn't give it back to them, it would still go on and on and on. So if they hit you, they hit you you better hit them back uh but there were many times in a game that after you know during a game if someone started with you they would there was no doubt about it they were coming to coming to your aid mm-hmm. so it's amazing that a few of the guys that i went to college with the west essentially how i ended up getting to baltimore uh-huh. uh it was because a few guys that uh uh were on the team would always talk about baltimore Ah, You can do it. It's in Baltimore. I says, man, please. I'm going to come to Baltimore. And I began to hang out with these guys. And one of the guys was my roommate, Uh Gary Jefferson. He's matter of fact, see him all the time. He does some work for me. Great guy. And Dennis Pope. If you read that article, you'll see you'll see these guys names. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, Gary Jefferson played at Murray State. Oh, wow! he ended up playing at Murray State. He didn't like it. Okay, you know, it's 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 amazing because I just had this conversation with Gary. And Gary says, I said, Gary, why didn't you stay at Murray State? He said, I just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. He said, I just didn't fit. It's all about the fit. Yeah. yeah. But if you if people aren't familiar with Murray State, that's where John ja Morant came right. out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's where John ja Morant came out. Yeah. Of. And so Gary came to, to Weber College, became my roommate, and essentially took care of me. Mm-hmm. When it was time to eat, he was like, You hungry? <laughs> we, we go, we go get us some food. We, we'd hang out with one another, everything was phenomenal so here's one of the highlight stories this was great that very team the year before this team uh we ended up going to hawaii and we played in a tournament over there Mm -hmm. and shamanad yeah maui Maui invitation exactly shamanad had beat up on a couple of teams the the year before Mm -hmm. we went over there the year after and won the tournament a division Three-two team comes in wow. and wins that tournament. That's wow. how good we were. We could we could run. There was no one who could outrun us at the time. And here's what'll blow your mind: we went down to this school. I'm sorry, I know I'm jumping back and forth. No, you could. But the, uh, the coach, we went to this gym, and there was really no gym. The gym was carpet. <laughs> Oh, no. They, yeah. And they built it. The, the, it was the year after that they ended up building a regular. We played, it was a carpeted gym, <laughs> and we played our games. We played our games in a high school gym. The home game. Yeah. Our home wow. games in wow. a high school gym. And this carpeted gym that we would practice in, you know. So if you're, if you're dribbling a basketball on the carpet, on the carpet, you know how it's going to slide. You know, if you're throwing a bounce pass, you know how it's going to skip. Right. But this, the way this coach ran us, it was, we wouldn't be able to get away with that today. <laughs> right? Yeah. We we'd yeah. run out on the beach, we'd run, and every day we would skip rope. Mm-hmm. And so this skip rope process was, I think, the, the big reason a lot of guys were, you know, were jumping out the gym. Mm-hmm. So you jump, you jump one time on one leg for two minutes. Oh. Then you jump the other leg for two minutes. Then you do standing up two minutes. And then you get in a defensive position for two minutes. And if you come up too high, coach reminds you that because you're up too high and you're not in a defensive posture and you're not on the balls of your toes, we're going to do suicides Mm. at the end. And if your last didn't care if he was the big man or whatever, you better be on time. Right. Caused a lot of fights. Caused (laughs) a lot of fights because the big man was always lagging. Greg Polite. Oh, my God. I'm like, Greg, you you got to get this together. Yeah. Hey, man. I, hey, man, I, I'm doing what I, can, <laughs> what I can. I says, you know that they're going to kick your behind <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. just because you're making us run. Yeah. But we ended up winning winning a national title uh, uh, down at the school. Wow. And uh, it was probably one of the the biggest, biggest moments of my life to be involved in such a team, right? Uh, and everybody watches. everybody
0: contributes whether yeah, you're on yeah, the yeah, floor yeah. or not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, was,
1: that was it, yeah. You know, there was a contribution. They would say it, it's amazing. Like, a couple of the guys, like, there's a guy, his name is uh Stanley Cromarty. Mm-hmm. Well, he's if you never heard the Cromarty name, yeah. I was gonna, yeah. To so, that. his son is they called him DRC Dominique Rogers Cromarty, mm-hmm. he's a defensive back for the Giants, yep. Then he had another uh nephew. They played for the Jets and his uncle played baseball. They just pure athletes, yeah, athletes, yeah, yeah pure yeah. athletes. These guys could outright play uh, in just about any sport there was. Right. And so when you met these guys, you just didn't know what the what, what it was going to be or what the history was going to be or where these guys were going. Uh, and all of these guys ended up having family that end up playing like in big leagues, like Gary Jefferson. He has a son right now he's getting ready to graduate college down in alabama mm-hmm. and he's getting ready to get a couple looks uh overseas okay uh, what school is he with do you know uh, not that's all right i can't i, I couldn't even I, I can't even tell you mm-hmm. as a matter of fact he was asking me to to i'm glad we're having this conversation because it just reminded me <laughs> because i he was going to ask me to, to make a call for him to see see what i can do for him yeah but anyway yep so anyway i ended up uh moving to baltimore after all these college experiences yeah uh Moving to Baltimore, and I joined the Baltimore City Police Department. Okay. Uh, worked in Baltimore City Police Department for about eight, nine years. Made the rank of detective. Mm. Uh, I was a shooting detective. And I wanted to go to the uh, Secret Service at Okay. the time. Uh, And it became the big three, what I considered my big three, FBI, DEA, and Secret Service. No, no, before
0: you get to that, mm-hmm. how how um, how frequent is it, or how common is it, I should say, for someone to choose uh municipality police and
1: then transition to the federal level? It's you know what? It, it's it's more common than you think. OK, it's more common than you think. So what happens is when you're looking at law enforcement, there's a lot of interaction, there's a lot of. Uh, collaborative work that takes place mm-hmm. so they have a lot of task force they call them sure sure they call them high uh, high intensity drug trafficking uh, uh cases which means you it's a, a inter-jurisdictional uh collaborative work so you may have prince George's county police who works with baltimore city and the state police and, D-A, and yeah, yeah. And da and you get them and you get all these guys deputized right and so you're able to work within the jurisdiction so you're able to have more knowledge about what's going on within the jurisdiction as opposed to just having one agency trying to work a case Got it. between here and new york city right okay. uh so it's more common practice than you think okay the problem becomes is that uh Many of the guys didn't have the education. Mm-hmm. Trying to at the time, uh, Baltimore City recognized their education. They would give you what they called a "quote unquote" agent status, mm-hmm. which meant a couple more thousand dollars on your on in, in your uh, in your salary. But you know, you didn't have to have a degree in order <laughs> to get into may not into the a high school exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you didn't really need to. Do, you're interested? You interested? Come on, interested. And and you got in, and this was the time in which I believe. Baltimore Baltimore City was really at its highest. I really enjoyed working at Baltimore City. It really made me, it developed me into the person mm-hmm. that I became. I became really confident. I began to see things completely different. I came from a small rural upstate New York. Right, right. York. <clears throat> what, so, uh, what precinct were you in? And, uh, I was B-B. in the Southwest. So, okay. I was yes. in the Southwest, yeah. I was in the Southwest before I went downtown. And, uh, yeah, and so uh during so that you time, go to oh, i'm sorry go ahead no go no no you could uh you know during that time you know i i've i worked patrol i you know i was working patrol i worked district level narcotics before going you know to the city mm-hmm. and working that stuff so i worked at district level narcotics i worked sex offense uh and i kind of fell into that and it was just because there was uh, unfortunately there was uh a, a, a series of Sexual offenses that were taking place within uh, our district, and mm. we needed to get a hand on it, right? Right. Uh, and so they developed a "quote unquote" team of people who were going to go out and target this area because it was happening at a certain hours and a certain time of day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people didn't really didn't want it, right? Uh, I wanted it because I knew it only had figured it out, and this detailed span for a few months. But I figured out that it was only going to work between midnight and 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. or something like that. After that, you're pretty much done. Right. You know, you're pretty much done. And people are like, I don't want to work that. And so finally I went to the major and I was like, Major, you mind if I, you know, I do this permanently? She says, No, no, no. They'll take it. You know, got tired of asking everyone else. To right. do it. And we, <laughs> ended up, we ended up catching the guy. Wow. Yeah. We ended up catching the guy. Wow. Uh, uh, I can't recall what the verdict was was on him but he got some substantial time. Yeah. Uh uh while I was in patrol I I, I was I was known as a pretty aggressive officer. Mm. Uh I'd been in a series of shootings in in, in the city. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably read about them there's two shootings or so that I was involved with. Uh and then I ended up going to you know the narcotics the, the shooting squad, quote, violent crimes task force. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the city operational team where you would patrol. Essentially, it was a plainclothes unit that you would go out and you work violent crimes. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, the narcotics or we moved to the street crimes, eventually ended up moving to to a lot of the shooting. Mm-hmm. So the difference was, is like, well, this di- what's the difference between you and homicide? Mm-hmm. Well, the difference was, is that homicide was just what it was. Just homicide. It's just homicide. Right. So right. many times, as strange as it may seem you'd be sitting and waiting to see is this person going to make it right depending um, on depending who, who on the case. severity yeah. so so you're called out they call out the shooting guys and they would call out homicide mm-hmm. and we're all standing there trying to figure out what's going to actually take place wow yeah it was it was, it was, it was it, intense yeah it was it was really really intense but there was no way that that uh even though there was quote unquote the separation you still ended up working the case right right uh that's what actually makes makes a a team and i believe that's where i really really developed i mean i always had it in sports but you knew what it was in sports but when you began to move into your your professional careers and you begin to see what it means to actually work collaboratively with a team in Mm -hmm. order to actually be effective take on leadership roles uh and, and develop a culture, mm-hmm. uh, just based upon a squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's important. I, I always try to tell these guys, listen, you know, not only do you compete for everything, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to learn how to work with people. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, and working with people is key to your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, I truly believe that, you know, sports was the beginning of, that bridging the gap of me understanding the importance of, of, of working with people. I remember, I'll never forget, and I and I think about this all the time, I was like in eighth grade, and uh, guys, he and I were very, very good friends, and we got into a, 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 a civil argument, I would say, a civil <laughs> argument, and he was a wrestler and mm-hmm. I was a basketball player. He says, you know, what is basketball going to do for you? You know, and at the time, I didn't have a a, a reasonable or a logical response mm-hmm. to say, you know, it builds leadership, it builds character, it teaches you how to work with people. He said, at least I knew it's something that's going to help me, saying wrestling, you know, or, or learning how to fight, or later on, some, teaching them something. I was like, ah. I kind of felt bad at the moment. It wasn't until later that I realized, I'm realizing, like, yeah, oh, these were my leadership skills. Right. This was what was being developed in me that we took for granted. Mm-hmm. So I always tell the young kids, like, listen, guys you learn to work with, with, with people. Learning to work with people across every culture, every color, every race is important. I don't care what they look like. The deal is, is you treat person every person with humanity and dignity. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of how they treat you, you have a, especially as, as kids who are known as Christians and followers of Christ, mm-hmm. regardless of what they do, You do the right thing. Right. Uh, Right. Because the perception becomes the reality. Right. And if you aren't if you're always around those who are doing wrong, guess what? The perception is just right. You're as good as a company. Exactly. Exactly. And, And it meant something. It meant something to me to 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 hear those type of words and begin to understand when someone else needed me. I had to be there. And it's beyond. It's always beyond me. It's always Hey, listen. Don't think of yourself. Think of others, Mm -hmm. be inclusive in everything that's due. My wife and I were just having a conversation uh, about what it means to be a giver. Right. And you sow, you reap what you sow. If you're always giving and you're always doing the right things, no matter what it looks like. And it seems like you're losing. You're not. Mm -hmm. You're not. Because the benefits that you're getting will eventually you will eventually reap uh, reap your harvest. Right. So were you like that as a patrol officer as well? Yes, I was fair. Mm -hmm. I I made it a point to be fair. They Mm -hmm. called me a lot of names (laughs) because if I told you I'm going to do it, I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. I would tell guys that you can't be here at the time in Baltimore city and Eddie woods and Kurt, Eddie woods was the, was the commissioner, Commissioner. Kurt Kurt smoke, you know, and they came up with these drug free zones Mm -hmm. and couldn't be in these areas, you know, and if I have to tell you to move, I gave you a warning and I tell you if I come back, going to lock you up Mm -hmm. uh many times you know and i was a young officer at the time and so these guys knew i was young Mm -hmm. and it seemed like the first year coach i was fighting every week (laughs) fighting every week i became good Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i was good but now this was this is like a different level because Now you're fighting for something different. Mm -hmm. Now you're carrying, not only are you fighting for community, you're fighting for your life Mm -hmm. because you're carrying a weapon. Right. You're carrying all these other things and you have all these other people who rely on you. And so when they rely on you, you begin to see things differently. Just because I leave the area, because just because I leave that area, these people still have to live there. Right. And I cared for people like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they knew when I was coming that I meant what I had to say. Yeah. Uh and again, gained it garnered respect. Yeah. And 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 Well I think work. that's important to point out mm-hmm. too, because I'm, you know, very
0: socially active mm-hmm. and outspoken, but um especially with BPD mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. their, you know. Are, have you seen the new show, We Own This City? No, I haven't. Okay, so it started last week, but it's about the gun trace task force uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, Detective Suda. We could talk about that offline, but uh, uh yeah, 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 but yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, but it's important to point out too because I have and I've had several friends who, who are police officers, we have one in mm-hmm, common, a mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. friend in common, uh, and um, but anyway, um, and it, it's funny because one one of my really good friends passed away from COVID very early on, he was put, he got sick, got. Covid actually Mm
3: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm.
0: doing his police work but Mm -hmm. he was the most but he's saying a lot he lived by a lot by what you're saying he's very fair and he called spade a spade whether they were in uniform or not so um so i wanted to just you know get let let you say that too because that's important and and i respect that so um so you so you uh transitioned to the big three so you picked the
1: fbi So you go from BPD to the FBI. Yeah. I went, I went and became a special agent with the FBI. Uh, It was, it was crazy because I was in school and this was the the (laughs) dedication and commitment that they had because now I wanted to become that. Mm -hmm. And it was after shooting that I had, and I had injured my knee after a shooting that I had, and I was out for several months uh, recovering and I was still in school. Uh, And during the two years that it took me, uh, Uh, To get to finish up my degree, uh, I was working full time Mm -hmm. on midnight shift after I came back full time on midnight shift, carrying 15 credit hours and an internship with the United States Secret Service. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Carrying internship. So the commitment, it wasn't, you know, here's what God does. He blesses those who really go out and try to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to truly understand it. And it was probably one of the more difficult periods in my life because I'm working and all my buddies want to go out. Mm -hmm. They all want to hang out, but I have to finish the schooling. Right. And the only breaks that I would have were the legitimate breaks. So you had Christmas, right. You had Easter break, and then you may have a holiday here and there. Those were the times where I was able to maybe go out Uh and, and, and hang out, uh, With them. So carrying that type of course load for two years, Mm -hmm. uh, I finally graduated Uh, during that time. It was the time I went met my wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, She was actually finishing her master's degree Mm -hmm. and we both graduated. I finished my undergrad and finished my she finished her master's at the time. And uh, uh, I ended up applying to the bureau. I met my wife. Got married. We were only, uh, we only dated for a few months. Yeah. And I knew it. I said, I gotta hold on to her. I, I, I gotta, I gotta hold on to this lady. This, this lady's a saint. Uh, I'm telling you, I tell the young guys this too. Coach. Mm-hmm. I says, listen, guys, I, th- I want you to understand this. This thing in life we call is all competition. Mm-hmm. I said, whether you want to believe it or not, you compete for a job. You compete for the girl, girlfriend you want. You not only compete for the girl you want, you got to compete to keep her. Right. Uh, yeah. You compete. You got to compete and do what you want to make, the make sure she exactly. don't enter the transfer. Exactly. exactly right. <laughs> that transfer portal is real. That? <laughs> yeah. And so I tell these guys, hey, listen, man, you know, these things that you these, this character that you're building aren't just for the moment these Mm -hmm. are life skills so anyway i ended up uh uh marrying my wife and i began to apply to secret service and the fbi Mm -hmm. and i think i applied with dea and i don't know if they never responded or something or there was only they only had periods in which they would offer Mm -hmm. uh the exam Mm -hmm. At the time secret service and uh fbi were hiring because of attrition a lot of people were, were retiring and okay. moving out and the standards were rigorous mm-hmm. uh they they would rather do without as opposed to bringing someone in who's going to make them look bad mm-hmm. uh, and that's their standard right uh they'd rather pay the money for the overtime or uh, not even overtime or just have the guys work as opposed to someone ruining their
3: name yeah. uh, uh,
1: which makes complete sense because you are, either, if you're the Secret Service, you're with the number one man in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in the FBI. You are just a leader in law enforcement. And so, uh, I ended up taking the FBI exam and I passed the FBI exam. and was assigned to the Philadelphia division mm-hmm. uh, of the bureau, where I where uh, I worked a number of violations. I started off working a little public corruption and uh, <laughs> and environmental crimes, which. Which the guys would tease me relentless relentlessly about uh from Baltimore City. They're like, what
2: are you doing? You know? Yeah. What
1: does that mean? Uh, you know, what is what is it? You you joined the FBI to do environmental crimes and what it meant. That's another story. Mm-hmm. Uh I ended up I ended up uh then after that, uh I ended up going to work uh uh one particular uh 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 squad. Which was really really cool. Without going to all of them,
0: what, what, was, were you still living in Baltimore during that? I was still living.
1: So in you were you were,
2: you, I
0: was
1: still, I was you were commuting, commuting to Philadelphia every was, day every day. Five wow. years Commuted back and forth. Wow. Yeah, commuted back and forth. And uh, FBI car? Or, or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. That yeah, caused the clown, problem. Man. I had ex- exactly <laughs> exactly. I started off with a little with a little with a little. Uh, I forget what it was, and I ended up having a everything's passed down as a junior agent (laughs) so i had someone else got a new car and i ended up get the big crown (laughs) thing and i began i I became very familiar with (laughs) with every state police officer up and down 95 uh yeah and you know i ended up joining there and then uh uh believe it or not i then went to work for the nwacp oh okay yeah yeah worked uh at the time quite he's a very good good Friend of the family. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got a great story about it. Yeah. He and, and another friend of ours, we just left uh, uh, Andrea Brown. Uh, they were doing something. I was I, I was tired. I was involved in a lot of stuff. And I ended up picking up that they offered me a position, position uh, working with them in what they call the present prison project. OK, they're going out, educating people, talking about uh, uh, reenfranchisement efforts, disenfranchisement uh-huh. efforts and what it actually takes and what they're actually doing out different states uh 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 what different states require upon uh being uh introduced back in right. to the community. And while I was there, uh I ended up getting a call. Uh which was this was this is this is a crazy story. I ended up getting a call. Mm-hmm. And I put it out and a bunch of my friends uh you know there's there's been a, there was a number of guys making moves. Some wanted to stay in law enforcement like myself and then I it's like, I'm tired, you know, having shootings and all this stuff, I'm tired. And so we're a couple other guys, went, but at the time, FBI and the DA shared an academy because the DA was building a state-of-the-art uh, uh, training academy. This is down in Quantico. Quantico. Oh, Quantico. Quantico, okay. Map, down okay. Quantico. And uh, so I met a couple of guys, this one guy named Kevin Tucker, and uh, he, you know, he's down there, and I was introduced to him through another buddy of mine. And he ends up leaving the DEA. Uh, calls up one of my boys and says, I'm leaving, man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to the Phoenix Suns. What? Going to Phoenix Suns? How'd you get that? Well, he <laughs> went to school with BC, Brian Colangelo. And they were really good friends. And the BC would say to him, hey, listen, when are you going to come work for me? And finally, he got tired and he took him up on the offer. Now, this mm-hmm. was in, at the, in the height when... Phoenix was tough. Yeah. they had Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, all them mm-hmm. dudes. And BC was known as the brainchild uh-huh. of of the league because he had this hot team in Phoenix, this hot young team, and uh, he was doing very, very well. So, uh, without without making a long story, sh- I mean, a short, story, long story, sh- uh, longer. Yeah. Uh, Brian ended up leaving. The Phoenix Suns. Uh-huh. And my boy called me and said, Hey, KT Kevin calls me and said, Hey, would you be interested in going? He said, You still want to come to the NBA? Yeah, I want to go. Yeah. He says, Well, listen, I hadn't seen him in a number of years. Uh-huh. And it's crazy. He says, All right, meet me in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, meet me in Orlando two days from now. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> because Summer League was taking place down there. I'm like, huh? What? Yeah, he's like, hey, meet me in Orlando. I said, <laughs> I said, uh, you're going to send me a ticket? No, this is on you. <laughs> this is on you. So I ended up flying down to Orlando, seeing my buddy. We sat, we talked for a few minutes. Talked for a few minutes. He says, listen, in a couple of days, you're going to get a call. And it's going to be the Toronto Raptors. I'm like, Toronto Raptors? And I'm like wow you know i'm like of all teams at the time I'm like all well, teams toronto i gotta to go way up here and what you know and and experience something completely different out of what i was actually thinking about now remember i'm from upstate new york so I'm not too far from right Canada. yeah just so the i bridge. had exactly freedom bridge or exactly uh, uh, yeah. rainbow bridge yeah <laughs> and uh and uh i had been up there but i hadn't been up there in many years so um, so hold on a second. so the orlando how long was that meeting five minutes five minutes it was terrible you couldn't have had it over said, the phone no no he just wanted to see me i don't know what it was i don't know you know because of the position is they just want to see how you look do you fit the profile mm-hmm. and is it something that you know the nba would actually want right and he comes down he looks at me gives me the nod next thing you know i get a call mm-hmm. just out of blue hello this is such and such from the toronto raptors uh we want you. We've heard great things about you. Uh, we need you in Vegas. Vegas. Yep. And your flight's going to leave in five days from BWI. Here's give me all your information. Gave me on a flight. You're going to be leaving in five days coming to Vegas. So my wife, mm-hmm. all right, I was like, let's go and see what, what this is about. So hopped on a plane, going to Vegas. And at the time, uh, during the summer league, there was a guy named who became a really, really good friend of mine. His name was Pop So. And Pop it was involved in a, a freak incident. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, someone took his legs mm. and he fell and he broke his neck. Mm. And uh, Was he front? Did he play GW? That was Pop's mental Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's okay. Me, who's a very good friend of mine. Okay. okay. That's, he's a very good friend of mine. Great, great guy. Mm-hmm. You can't, you, you know, when you talk about great guys in the NBA, you you hear me mention a bunch of them, but he's one of the top guys. he's okay. he's, he's one who will never forget and always treats you the same, no matter how high he goes. Okay, uh, but this is Mitsubansu. I mean, excuse me. This is so so, and he'd fallen and he broke his neck. Mm-hmm. And Brian says, "Hey, Brian Colangelo." Brian Colangelo says, "Hey, listen, uh, we're going to meet this time." meet me downstairs we're staying at the palms hotel that was the host hotel meet me downstairs we're going to meet he says unfortunately i'm really busy at the time Uh, really busy i'm only going to be able to meet with you for a few minutes literally i went downstairs and he says will you come with great credentials people speak really high about you uh would you be interested in coming to the toronto raptors he says i have a little bit of an emergency here that i take care of because my buddy had just broken his neck but you know and broken his neck he's still walking you know he had him in the in the, you know, the halo hay. yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah so i says yeah he says all right well it was nice meeting you 15 minutes maybe <laughs> 15 minutes i said you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me yeah all right enjoy i'm like well what do we do you know eh, you'll hear from me in a couple days yeah and sure enough i ended up hearing hearing from him they says hey listen we need your five fly to toronto Come up, sign some papers. Here's what was crazy. So I said, All right. They said, Will, do you want a job? I said, Yeah. And uh, I says, uh, what do I when when can I get my offer letter? He says, you don't. <laughs> <Brian> says, <"Yeah." laughs> I said, huh? He says, you don't. He said, save my hand. I'm a man of my word. Man, I said, I have to go back and tell my wife that I'm going to resign from a job on a handshake (laughs) with no no anything and saying that this is what you're going to do. You're like, yep. And so I went back and I told my wife, and she's like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And sure enough, I ended up going to Toronto, and it turned out to be the most remarkable experience you ever want to have yeah my son is infatuated i'm like dude you were four years old mm-hmm. made no three or three or two where they had they even had him on the jumbotron you know no more rabbit fans than toronto i don't care what you say there's no better city mm-hmm. there's you can put toronto the only difference between toronto miami la or whatever is the weather Mm, yeah very true but yeah it's the weather yeah but and 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 safety and and a little safer (laughs) tell you a story about that and i tell you and and the best people you ever want to meet yes the kindest the most considerate the most giving uh i i I still think about it and and still very good friends with a number of people Mm. uh in the area who uh i even call them you know call them my brothers uh, and they really fall, you know, you, your parents used to say there's, you have five good friends. Right. Right. Uh, well, well, a couple of them are up there yeah. in Toronto. And wow. still to this day, even when the rappers come to town, mm-hmm. they'll call me or I'll ask them for tickets or whatever, it may be the, the few people. And at the time, believe it or not, Masai Ujiri was there and Masai was the VP of like, Global, global basketball, whatever, because mm-hmm. he's the African guy and he would do like basketball beyond, you know, without borders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my manager at the time was a guy named Mark Eversley. This is what how I tell guys, you never know how life is going to work out for you. Mark's story was Mark. Well, he was a Nike representative, Nike rep. Now, if you don't know Mark Eversley, Mark Eversley is now the GM of the Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah. Of the Chicago Bulls. Wow. And he was a Nike shoe rep. Yeah. And Brian took a liking to him, brought him in. He elevated throughout the Toronto Raptors and ended up coming. Actually, came to DC and worked at something for DC for a while. Next thing you know, he ended up, I think it was after that, he ended up getting the Chicago gig. Wow. Messiah, uh, like I said, he was the VP of global basketball, whatever, Basketball Without mm. Borders. And he ended up getting the Denver Nuggets job. Mm, wow. And got that Denver Nuggets job, and may became the brainchild behind that when those winning years they had back around 2011, 12. Mm-hmm. He was a brainchild, became the hottest thing mm-hmm. in the NBA. Ended up coming back to Toronto, ended up winning in Toronto, mm-hmm. and still probably one of the more hottest general managers yeah. uh, in the game.
0: Now, were, were you a fan of the NBA going into this job? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
1: So you were, yeah. Absolutely. You you could not. So it's like a hit. dream job. Yeah. It, it's it's the dream job. You're going yeah. in and you get, it's it's a total different life. And so you
0: go, you get hired as team security. And at that time, you're the only one?
1: Yes, I am so the only he, one.
0: He, did every team only have one security? At the time, yes. So even the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe even. and all. Now, or the, did they have their there's,
1: own? They, exactly. Okay. So there's, the team had one. Listen, there's levels. Yeah. <laughs> there's levels. When you when you run with Shaq and yeah. Kobe, yeah, it takes a little more to to work with those guys right. because they bring such a foul.
0: So, so who? I, I'm sorry. I keep coming up. No, so, no, no, so no, no, for, no, for no, the no. salary, because I want to make sure I get this straight. Mm-hmm. So, did the NBA? So, when you talk about the the levels and the following, mm-hmm. so would the could the team? Well, was your position paid by the NBA? My team was
1: paid. My, my salary is paid by the team.
0: By the Raptors. By okay.
1: The I, was, I was the team guy, not the NBA guy. Right. Okay. Two different entities falling under. It's like I always explain it like state government or local government. Mm-hmm. So you have state government, you have the governor. And then you have the, the city government. Right. City, and they, exactly. Yeah. And they report to. You still have to comply with state state right. rules but still you you're able to do your own thing so that's how you look at the NBA. Okay. So then so the team could dictate your salary. But the team could dictate Not the NBA, not the NBA. Even though you were okay. Not the NBA. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Got the it. team So you but some of these guys, you know, you're so big right that you require a lot now Shaq. Now you had a lot up there too. Yeah, I had a lot up there. I had a lot up there also. Yeah. But still, you know, at the time you had at the time Chris Bosh was our guy. Yeah. Yeah. Vince and those guys had just left, right? The year before, okay. So they ended up going to New Jersey, right? Vince, uh, uh, yeah, Vince left, and and uh, who ended Tracy up Tracy McGrady? Is it McGrady? Uh, Tracy was gone a couple of years before, okay. That. Uh, but one of the better guys that you always hear the guys talking about, Joey Graham, always talks. I spoke with him today. Uh, talks about is Jalen Rose, like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like, like believe it or not, Jalen Rose was like one of the best dudes there was like Jalen Rose would be like hey Rook he'd walk up to Joey Graham hey Rook listen go out have a good time tonight mm-hmm. here's my black card what here's my black card go out take the other guys out have dinner whatever it is be back at a reasonable hour <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah you know the vets were real yeah the vets were real when the vets said it they meant it yeah uh and and so my it was, it was oh, and you had started to say something about Shaq and I cut you off. Oh, I Shaq, Shaq, uh, Shaq had his uncle working for him. Mm, okay, Shaq's uncle's name was Jerome. Jer- Jerome, I forget, I forget Jerome's last name. He was a Newark city police officer. Okay, and left because his nephew was blowing up and did his NBA thing mm-hmm. because he was Shaq, ordinarily. You can't get anyone who's not part of a team or to be on those on those airplanes. Okay. So when you have huge problems or you got that big money like that, or people have that <laughs> large interest in you, you get on that airplane. Right. So Jerome would fly with the team. He wasn't the team guy. Right. But he was with Shaq. He was solely assigned to Shaq. LeBron had, well, you everyone knows LeBron's story. You have Randy. Uh Randy was his security guy. Mm-hmm but he's one of those guys who was the all-inclusive mm-hmm. like here i am i'm going to teach you know he empowers his team right that's why i, I don't understand how people does that. how do you not say this man is not one of the all-time greats mm-hmm. how do you not say like this guy is he came in not only did he empower all of his friends mm-hmm. he got them into into these positions of wealth right. Right. so i think to, to that point there And
0: I, I've actually talked to uh, um, I've actually talked to uh, Preston, who does my music on the podcast. He's my guest last week. And I told him. So, now, first of all, let me say this. Jordan is the goat. OK, I'm not. That, Jordan's the goat. Jordan's a goat for me. This it
1: becomes argument. Yeah, okay, it, it's
0: a you. it's a it's a subjective opinion. It is. It yeah. Is. That said, I take nothing away from LeBron. Okay. And I think that more important, like when we talk about basketball for me, Jordan's the guy. But when we talk LeBron need to retire. You can't that's a great question. What I think is that when LeBron went to LA, it was I think basketball was secondary. I think LeBron's move to LA was more the LeBron brand and step like preparing for the LeBron after basketball brand. So he's got Space Jam two. He's getting into movies and he's getting into other avenues. Uh And for me, I'm not a pro athlete, uh, never been one, never uh, will be one. Be great to coach at that level one day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes. that said, I think that uh, the difference when, you, okay, Jordan, uh, when Jordan came to the Wizards, uh, look what he did to that team. Like basketball was everything to him right. all the time. Um, right. I talked about Giannis. Giannis is still young. Uh, I talked about him today at our open gym, our Yellow Jackie uh-huh. Minute. And I said, watching that game yesterday, and you hit like all the smoke, Matt Barnes and uh and uh Steven Jackson, which I know
1: you got some stories, about. but but uh I, I can't even go into them. <laughs> I can't even go into them. We're gonna leave Steve Jack alone. Steve Jack will come looking for you. I well he's a Muslim he's, now, you okay. may, he may not. <laughs> there's a lot of things that you forget. I recognize Steve Jack is is a fine man. <laughs> I love Steve Jack. There's no one better. And thing, <laughs> said, if he says it, he means
0: it. Oh yeah, he means it. He means it. <laughs> but uh, but they had said something about Giannis, and, and and what I told the kids today was, and I, we're getting off on a tangent. I'm right. sorry.
3: That's
0: um, Giannis has every accolade. He's won everything there is to win. Mm-hmm. Everything
3: uh-huh.
0: he can easily today say, got my title, got my my uh, MVP, got got it all mm-hmm. right he spent the offseason working on free throw shooting and mid range game mm-hmm. coming off an NBA title mm-hmm. that he, uh, he, that's someone who is just like, you know what? I, I know I'm probably the best player in the league or top two or three, mm-hmm. but there's things I can fix. So, but that's what LeBron does. He, I don't, I don't think he does it anymore. And, and that's okay. So, I think so. that LeBron's thing now is he wants to play with his son I think he wants to to win the ring. He wants right. to get – he wants to break – you know, he's got things he's trying to prove, but I just don't think basketball is everything to
1: him now. Well, well see – and, he, and, and he's earned that. Yeah, he's earned that, and, and yeah. that's a very good point. Yeah. So you have to realize is that what LeBron has done is he's mastered the game and he understands what it takes to be in the long game. There's no way you can say I'm 36, 37 – and I'm still impacting the league the way I am. Right. Uh, I'm still one of the top scorers. I'm still the face of the league. I'm still a top drawer that comes sure. in. Yeah regardless of 100%. regardless of what you want to say. I had a I had a civil conversation, a civil disagreement <laughs> with with uh one of my buddies, and the argument became should he retire? I was like, listen. If LeBron were to raise his hand to want to go anywhere right now, there's not a team in the NBA that would pick him up. You mostly can't say true, mostly yeah, know, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, there's exceptions, but there's, yes, there's, there's, there's going to be exceptions because of. Where, there, but, but I think there's but, baggage, though. Yeah, there's baggage that comes with it, but he's willing to. The the one thing I like about him, you're gonna sell he a is ticket, willing, so so huh? yeah. And but you're going to sell a lot of tickets. Yeah, you're, you're going to yeah. sell the tickets. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. going to sell the tickets, and he's willing to he's willing to to be lesser of a lebron he's willing to t- willing to take a lesser role yes but, but he still has an expectation of you
0: he does but i think that he controls the roster he controls the coach um clearly their coach just got fired after winning a title 2 years ago with or without an asterisk i'll leave that up for debate
3: uh-huh. but
0: but but the coach got fired. LeBron put the team. LeBron has to sign off on every move, just like KD has to sign. remember is the whole thing with KD yeah. signing off on on the Kyrie thing. You know, these guys are signing off on it.
1: So he really built that team. But there was a conversation that took place. Yes. He's not young. Oh, he was instrumental. Yes, he was yes. instrumental. But if I get you here, everyone has to realize that someone has to take you over the top. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of responsibility everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of responsibility everywhere. Yeah. Love A D. Love him. The dude is only what 28, 29? I know. Yeah, it feels like he's 35. Yeah, it feels like he's 35. Right. But he's suffered a lot of injuries. He has, yes, yes. And he's tall. 30, he's, yeah, he's tall. And
0: bigs don't, you know, bigs, their bodies. Yeah,
1: they break down.
0: Yeah. John Thompson used to always say that. You know, it's not, or no, Phil Jackson used to yeah. Phil Jackson used to say, yeah. How many seven footer? how many 60-year-old seven footers do you see? You don't. Right, giants
1: don't seem to right. survive long. Right, and cream—that's right. You don't right. see cream, and oh, and you see uh, uh, eleven rings. Oh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you see him. You know, and it's it's it's, it's just not a lot. Yeah, it's not a lot. There's very few giants. Yeah, that that come out and they and they and they survive that long. Yeah, but I tell you, you know, when when you talk about these guys, believe it or not. LeBron is such we talk about a work ethic and we were talking about Giannis. LeBron before every game works out. Mm, yeah, true. I mean look at his, yeah, his body's at so it. immaculate. Works yeah, out. Yeah. And because his body is his, I mean, that's his his paycheck basically. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And and in a couple of years, his son will be eligible mm-hmm. for the NBA. Whether or not he's prepared or not. But that son, someone's going to take his yes. son. <laughs> yes. Someone's going to take his son, whether he deserves it or not. I think his son is a great athlete. Will he prepare for it? I don't know. Uh, but his son will come and LeBron will go there. Yes. LeBron will 100%. go there and he'll finish that year out and he'll do. It. And here's the deal. I think LeBron will still be an impact player. He'll still score 20 points. Yeah. He'll yeah. score 20 yeah. points. Because he's
0: a, a yeah, he's a unicorn. Yeah. So you
1: you have to You have to give it up to a guy who has that ability. I got a funny story about LeBron.
0: Yeah, before you get to that, real Mm -hmm. quick. To answer your question about should he retire, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should retire until they Mm -hmm. want to retire. Someone with his caliber. He's not, you know, he has injuries, but... Like you said, he's still making. He just started. An st- he
1: just started sustaining those. He types did. Of he did. High and ankle sprains and yeah. stuff like that. And one could
0: argue that he's, you know, his body's paying a price for yeah. it. Maybe it's time, but as long when LeBron, been, for then we can me, talk about AU, but there's something
1: else.
0: Oh, that—that's a, a whole. We probably need a two-part episode, but don't get me started. Zion, yeah, um, but but I think that LeBron has earned. He's given enough to this game that he gets to he gets to decide when enough is enough. He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, uh, and he's a great global ambassador, and great. nobody will ever be able to top what he's done with that school in Akron. No, because th- he does not get enough credit. We talk too much basketball when it comes to him, and I think coming from a a, a single uh, mom, never went to college, he's never been in trouble. He's been with his wife since they were in high school. Devoted father. You know, you say all these things and. um to yes. me, that's that's the impact LeBron has oh, made. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think of it, just like you said, when you think about it, this kid wasn't college educated. Right. But he was taught and he has became that iconic person in the league. Yeah. You put him on a mic, he's able to sustain yes. and hold the conversation. Yes. You put him in in any other realm. You put him in social in a social justice environment, mm-hmm. i.e. George Floyd. Yeah. And he's able to flourish. You put him in politics where people say shut up and dribble. Yep he's able to still come back and hold himself with a person. Dignity. I know it has nothing to do with basketball, but I think it, it, for me personally, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you have that platform and you've been given a god given a talent, and we all have to be able to give back, we've already been talking about giving. And when you give back, you're able to always better leave the world a better place. Yes. He's done that guy does it yeah this guy does it at every level oh um,
0: and and the other thing i was going to say what i had mentioned to press him before was when it's all said and done mm-hmm. someone has to do a documentary mm-hmm. on lebron's circle because i don't think people understand oh, what he's done what he's done i mean they planned this in mm-hmm. high school and, and the plan was maverick you do this
1: randy you do the so the pl- the young plan- kids yes. from the projects yes and then in, in a underprivileged circumstance where education uh isn't or wasn't that big priority yep. they had a plan and there was n- and they're still together and they're still together. no
0: animosity maverick never said well i want to be the basketball." no the plan was lebron's gonna yeah. be the player you're gonna be the agent you're gonna do this you're gonna do this you're gonna do this. maverick
1: randy and what's
0: my guy's name the sports the, the, yeah, the agent I, yeah i can't think paul Yes. So they. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and and they they concocted this plan as fifteen sixteen year olds, and stuck to it and, so, and did it and,
1: did. and they're yeah. all billionaires. Yes, they, they are. They are amazing.
0: Yeah. And and so someone has to do. If there's any filmmakers listening, someone has to do justice by showing how abs- it's mind boggling and it's an incredible story. Of a how dream. these guys, this tight knit group of friends. Yeah. I mean, you think about your yeah. son Donovan and his friends. Yeah. Like, if they concocted this, like, you're going to go be a global superstar. You're yeah. going to manage. You're going to do this. You're going to handle security. Like, and then you come back together and, and do it. Everyone, you know, you're going to Ohio State to get yeah. this degree yeah. to help. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's it's amazing what they've done. It, it really, is. and that they've stuck. That they've never let jealousy or animosity or anything yeah. get between them. Yeah. That that friendship has lasted this long and been this that successful. Age. Yeah. It's, a,
1: it's, it's absolutely amazing. It really is. It really is. I tell yeah. you, uh, <laughs> LeBron, Cleveland, at his height, mm-hmm. first, first time around. LeBron is there. They came to Toronto. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Never forget this. Cavaliers come in. It was one of the earlier games. So ordinarily, you know, NBA games tips off, off at around one o'clock, right? right? Yeah. Sometimes in Toronto or everywhere, you, you have a noon game. I think it may have been a holiday, or I don't know what it may have been. And everyone knows that Toronto is a great town to go out in. It doesn't stop. I tell you, there's nothing that, that compares to that doggone city. So the guys, <laughs> <laughs> the guys, the guys went out. These, they say Cleveland went out. And they had a good time that night. But the turnaround is, is that now you have to be up Sunday morning Mm -hmm. for tip off at noon, which means NBA rules says you got to be in the facility 90 minutes before. Mm -hmm. And that means you got to be up like nine o'clock in the morning. They don't, NBA players, they they don't want to hear that message. (laughs) So, so Cleveland goes out that night. It was clear, you know, you're hearing that Cleveland went out, you know, whatever. And so the game starts. We are whooping Cleveland like I don't know what in the first half, even going into long into the second half. Then all of a sudden, and the only reason I would say this story, just in case Chris Bosch is up listening, <laughs> because it's on the internet. It's on the internet. And the time Chris's then girlfriend uh begins to yelp. Poke uh, poking the bear. You poke a bear, and his cousin was there, and they're going back and forth with LeBron. They floor seats, mm-hmm. floor seats in Toronto are, aren't cheap. It's like being in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yelp at him, and LeBron was having a subpar game. It was, I was like, "Yo, Liz, I said, you know, you can clearly, you can clearly see some got him. He's not LeBron." Mm-hmm. And they begin to go at him. All of a sudden, LeBron turns it on. Mm. and he goes on fire (laughs) still the girls begin to yelp at him going back and forth finally (laughs) the coaches yell at me i'm sitting behind the bench Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sam mitchell and jay triano says hey hey will go over there and tell her to shut your mouth i said hey man I'm not going over there. That's Chris Bosch's girlfriend. <laughs> you want me to go over and say something. And Brian is sitting off Brian Colangelo is sitting off in the bomb And I don't know what to do. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. This guy, we're up by I don't know, I, I, I don't know. We're at a comfortable which you would consider that we're going to win 20 points. Uh-huh. And they began to poke this bear and they went on a tear that was second to none, and you could see LeBron when you Google it, he turns to those two girls and says, "This is because of you." <laughs> <laughs> this is because of you." that you went off, and the coaches were because Cleveland was the number one team right. in the league at the time, right? Not just I'm not talking about Eastern Eastern Conference. They were the number one team. Mm. And we were about to win that mm. game, and boy, they came back and beat us. And we didn't hear the guys who come up to me, "Hey, man, you know why, why, why would they just just shut up? You leave that bear alone." Yeah, that just shows you the mindset yep. of a person that's able to to play at that level. Then we talk about the Michael Jordans, and we talk about the LeBron Jameses. You talk about the Kobe Bryant, yeah, and and you begin to see that. When these guys really play this game, they see it differently. Well, you said there's levels to it. Yeah, they see it differently. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, 2008. I think I may have told you this story. 2008, mm-hmm. Beijing Olympics. Uh, Chris Bosh calls me up. Just another great guy. Just just kind, smart. Mm-hmm. Really smart. Cerebral. He was like he would be, you know, all-star games. They would go and talk about broadband. Mm dude you know how do you even decide to talk about broadband or, or whatever but he was david stern invited him to talk about broadband i forget where the, the, the uh all-star game was anyway anyway he says well we're getting ready to go to beijing i need you to meet me in vegas he says hey, call the team tell them they got to get you out there to vegas he wasn't gonna pay for it <laughs> so, i said hey listen mark chris wants me out there all right you know all right get me out there to vegas so get out there to vegas and one morning coach coach kate is the coach of the usa team and they had a team meeting at nine o'clock chris told this story at kobe's homegoing service Mm -hmm. chris didn't tell the whole story chris Chris says, ah, you know, I got a Kobe Bryant story. And I, you know, this, no, that was me. That was me, Chris. That, I was with you. I, you know, I'm the one you were telling the story. I was walking with you. So Chris says to me, he says, I got up and I got up and got my clothes on. You know, I set my alarm. I got up. No, I was your alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I you told me that morning to come up and get you at like 8:30 or 840, and then we're gonna walk down. We're in the wind. And uh we're going to walk down and go to practice mm. um, while at practice. They wouldn't allow me to go to practice. Mm. Uh, they're like, you can't go to practice, but <laughs> but you better be standing right here on this corner when this bus comes. Back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing waiting for practice. You know, you're guessing when it's two hours and, and yeah. trying to get Chris. Or any superstar at that level will say, hey, give me a call when you're getting back on the bus. Right. And you're leaving UNLV, you know, to come back or whatever. <laughs> so we're walking down the hallway and we're at the opposite end. And you look 30, 30 yards down the hallway and it's Kobe Bryant. He's in full lather sweat. Uh, he has ice on his knees. And it's only 830, 840 in the morning. Mm. And Chris turns to me and says, that boy has a drive for basketball like no other. Mm. He went and got up shots. They would talk about there's no playing just a game for for Kobe. Right. If he's an all-star game, he's going to be the MVP. If he's playing this, he is going to be that type of guy. And there he is coming down the hallway, full lather, coming to breakfast, and then went back to practice 30 minutes later after they had a the meeting they all got on the bus and went to practice and kobe went back in my understanding and had a monster of a practice had a monster of a practice mm-hmm. and just and just one of those guys that you know like you said and that or comes around that or yeah you know, and people yeah you, you knew it was kobe yeah because everyone knew kobe was coming when he was coming it was time to go to work yeah uh what a guy and uh uh it was probably one of those big time experiences that I'll never forget. Yeah. But even during that, that that same that same period uh uh Chris Bosch and Dwight Howard mm-hmm. all again 2008 Olympics were out there before they left for Beijing. Uh he says uh hey Josh Powell. Josh Powell played for the Lakers. Uh-huh. And He was getting married at the Mirage Hotel. Okay, And so Chris and Dwight were pretty good friends with Josh Powell. Chris says, hey, I want to go to this wedding. And Dwight's coming with us. He says, "Uh, I need you to go with us. All right, not a problem. So we go to this wedding inside the Mirage Hotel. They rented out this, this space in the Mirage. Very small, very intimate space. And we're sitting in this little intimate space where Josh Powell's getting married. And I'm sitting between Chris Bosh <laughs> and Dwight Howard. Two seven-footers. And I'm sitting, I'm supposed to be the security guy. <laughs> and I look like a dwarf sitting between the two of them. And then all of a sudden, Chris Bosh leans over in front of me. And he looks kind of to his left. And Dwight Howard is crying. He says, "Are you crying?" (laughs) I hope Dwight, if Dwight ever hears this, and he'll probably—I don't know—he doesn't really care. To tell you truth, he's another fun guy. He says, "Are you crying?" And Dwight Howard says, "Love is a beautiful thing, man. (laughs) (laughs) Love is a beautiful thing." I'm trying not to laugh in the middle of the ceremony. It was probably—I was like—I—I got on the phone after it was all said and done and called my wife i said you would not just believe what happened (laughs) so furthermore this was we leave that wedding and right down the hall there's another there's another wedding ceremony that's excuse me it's there uh uh after the wedding Uh, reception the the reception uh it's the reception that's taking place and at the time there was a movie out called wedding crashers Uh uh-huh and it was like one of one the of, best movies, fun movies. One of my favorite movies yes, of all time. Of, yeah. And so we're walking down the hallway and we see these people, you know, casually going in and out. You hear the music going in and Chris and Dwight said, let's go in. I'm like, yo, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> you can't tell Chris and Dwight that. They went in and went into the middle of the dance floor and started kind of slam dancing and laughing with the people and the place erupted yeah. the, the groom could have sworn he says oh my wedding you don't get here I'm saying my wedding is blessed my marriage is blessed you know yeah. these guys are in the middle and the wife is like who are these guys you know yeah. they don't know you see two seven foot black guys in the, <laughs> room, in the middle of this wedding and the place was you could see the cameras coming out yeah. and whatever it was one of the, the, the one of those great moments when you realize like you know these guys are multi-millionaires but they're still kids. They're, yeah, they're still kind, and so uh, I, I appreciated, I appreciated uh, the kindness and generosity they would have when it came to other people. Yeah, uh, Chris was like that. Uh, Dwight was like that. Uh, it was just a, a fun time in, in my life. There's so many stories that I can go into yeah. when it relates to the NBA. You were there. When Jermaine O'Neal was there was with you. Uh, as J.O. J-O, another kind giving heart guy, yeah, will do everyone a true leader, true gentleman, uh uh, and just uh a, a great teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh and he comes in, uh J-O fresh off, you know, was it? I think it was maybe a couple years before it was the the DeBraw at the Palace. Oh, yeah. Malice yeah, at the Palace. at the Palace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he comes in and, you know, everyone knows, you know. He was really close with New York guy, Al Harrington. Mm, yeah. Al Harrington was known for having yeah. good hands. His father was a boxer. So in the offseason, they would box. Mm. You know, they'd go out and they would train, you know. And so Chris was always, I mean, excuse me. Jermaine was always, you know, saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm good. And he would always pick with me. Now, I'm a slimmer guy right now, but back then I was, I was wearing a, a 50 sports coat. Mm. Uh, and just I was a, a, a rock. <laughs> and Jermaine would always pick with me. Mm-hmm. And he pushed me around and 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 was like, hey, listen, I can't wrestle you because if I hurt you, that's 20 million <laughs> <Right. laughs> I dollars. Don't, I, don't I don't have that. <laughs> so one day, Jermaine picked with me too much. We're in the locker room. Picked with me too much. And I got him. I said, All right, let's go. Yeah. And we start wrestling in the locker room of the Toronto Raptors. Beautiful locker room. And I got him. I grabbed his legs and I took him down to the ground. And I thought I had him pinned. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, he engaged and he, I was on top of him. He was literally on his back. Uh-huh. And I'm holding him down. And he decided that he wanted to flip me over. So I made my body rigid, tried to hold him in place. He flipped. My legs went straight up in the air, <laughs> straight up in the air, and went over to the other side. And he got up and he posed over me. You know, they did a, a muscular pose like you can't hold me. It's 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 amazing how powerful and strong these young guys are. Mm-hmm. That's when you realize like number one, I'm, I shouldn't be wrestling with those guys because I'm forty some years old at the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and these guys are just in their prime. Like Joey Graham, who's still a great friend of mine. He bench pressed four hundred twenty five pounds. Good lord, four hundred twenty just amazingly strong the, the things they would do I guess they thought because I, I, I looked a certain way I was I was capable of, of handling it when yeah. I got on the elevator and you, had, you were inside of the ACC the Air Canada it was the Air Canada center then and our practice court was upstairs this is before they built the, the new practice facility and they played this thing called corners and so the idea is when you get on the elevator if you don't get to a corner fast enough you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So whoever's in the middle, you get pushed around. Oh my gosh. So Joey Graham,
3: Carlos Delfino, Chris Humphreys,
1: and someone else. I forget who else was there. They get to the corner. And I didn't even realize it until the elevator door closed. <laughs> and they looked at me. that there, there was like fresh meat. And the way they Pushed me around. I was like a rag doll. <laughs> they thought it was funny, uh-huh. but when I got off that elevator, I was like, ah ha ha. You know, I'm laughing. I couldn't let them know I hurt. I was I was in pain. My back was hurting. My I had to go see the trainer, Scotty McCullough, who's still there. I was like, dude, he's like, you better leave those young guys alone. Yeah, uh, they are legitimately like Chris Humphreys is strong. People didn't know like Chris Humphreys was a better swimmer. Than when he was a basketball player. He was second to like Michael Phelps. Wow. That's how good he was. Wow. Yeah, Chris. He was, a, he was the one that was married to Kim Kardashian yeah, for like married, a week. Went right? to a wedding. Did you? Yeah, me and Don went to the wedding. Wow. Fabulous wedding. I bet. Fabulous. It was it was in uh Santa Barbara, and it was the guy, the guy's house that they did it at was the guy, it was the Google mansion, the guy who owned Google. Really? Phenomenal. Man. It was amazing, you know, and you know you, you went to this wedding, you know, and it it was star studded. Yeah. And my it's, it's funny to hear hear my wife tell the story because uh uh Sierra was there. Oh wow. Sierra was there. And we're walking around this wedding, you know, you got Scottie Pippen and you got Serena Williams over there. I can't tell the story about Serena Williams, I'll tell you off, <laughs> uh, <laughs> off mic. but uh Serena Williams there and I'm still so there with Jason Capono, TJ Ford uh you know Scotty Pippen and you know a couple other guys. And so it was just a, a fabulous setting. And you walked out and you had to act like, you know, I'd never seen anything like this before. So and we walked through. Now you had in order to get to this wedding, you had to you had to meet at a certain part of the city and then they put you on uh uh put you on this, this bus and then you get on this bus and you go through the security, they got to oh, take wow. your phones, they take all oh, this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and then they transfer you, transport you up to the Google quote-unquote mansion. And we're pulling out, oh, Derek Martin was there, little Derek Martin. Uh, and so we're getting off the bus, I'm getting off the front bus with AP, TJ Ford, Anthony Parker, TJ Ford, and uh, Derek Martin, you know, and I got my wife and everyone with us. And you hear someone yell yell out of a second-story window, Demar! They call it Derek Martin. Demar is Lamar Odom. Oh, you know, yelling yeah. out of the window, "Hey, what's up, LO?" He called him LO. "Hey, what's up, LO?" Nothing, man. I'll see you downstairs. So you walk into this beautiful home, and then you walk out into the backyard, and it's this sprawling landscape that's just perfectly manicured. And so you had these two. I don't know, they, they had to be. They 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 were probably the the picnic tables. They were ordinarily six feet, but I think they probably had eight foot tables, two mm, of them. Mm-hmm. And on these tables was the largest shrimp, lobster, <laughs> seafood on both of these tables. Wow. Piled. Piled. They were they had to be a foot high. Wow. They had to be a foot high. Filled as an appetizer with seafood. Mm. Filled as an appetizer with seafood. Now I have to act like I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> I have that like my wife. I'm walking in and room, my wife's hand, and she's holding my hand. I'm squeezing her hand. She's squeezing my hand. She was like, "Can you look at this? Look at can you believe we're here?" I'm like, "Babe, we gotta act like we're here." But what was cool? What was cool was Danny Granger was there. Oh. So Danny Granger, Danny Granger, I knew it was all right then because Danny Drane Granger got off with his wife. He said, "Oh." He said, "Babe, we in the big league now." I said, "Oh man!" I'm like, "Yo, I'm so glad you said it, Danny," because I'm sitting there and I had to act like. And I said, "This is what you live every day." So yeah, we, we you know we're there at this wedding, and uh, you have everyone there. So my wife and I were walking. This was after the ceremony, mm-hmm. so we're walking to the other side of the mansion, and when we're walking. You see Sierra coming. And I'm like, I'm blown away because right, obvious reasons. Right. <laughs> right. And and she sees my wife and she says, hey, girl. And she, my wife is like, hey, girl. And I turned to my wife and was like, you know her? <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, that's my good, good girlfriend. That's my, like, yeah. <laughs> you've never met Sierra before in your life. <laughs> right. But in her it, head it was a yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> but it, it blew your mind. That's what the NBA brought. You know, you know, the NBA, uh, you were exposed to so much. And the the levels of our this is why I always tell these young guys, uh, listen, you know, wanting to play at that level is great. Mm-hmm. It's great. I want you to, but we know what the percentages are mm-hmm. and we know what it actually looks like. But there others, other opportunities that you can be involved in the NBA. And you can still get, you know, you and I were just talking about being a referee. Right, right. Uh, it's a great life. Yeah. They make fabulous money. Yeah. And you're doing something that you love. Right. Uh, or you're working for a team, or you be get you get involved in video cutting. And and these a lot of these guys who are doing video coordinating, like I know a couple of them now who are coaches. Yeah. Right. That's uh, how a lot of that yeah. uh, sponsor I think started yeah. as a video coach. Uh uh one of my guys, Jamma, I forget Jamma's name. He's now on the bench. He was listen, Jamma. If you look at my what is Jamma's last name? My I, I can't even pronounce his last name. Jamma was like a hype person for the crowd. Wow. In Toronto. Wow. he, he would like, hey, you know, get everyone hyped yeah. up. And then then he would do the little NBA the Toronto Raptors basketball camps with the young kids. Mm-hmm. And he ended up doing basketball without borders over in China, came back ended up on the bench in Toronto now he's on the Golden State Warriors bench wow as a coach yeah as a coach that's a dude there's so many ways you can make your way and be involved in in the league you just got to figure out you know what your right. plan is right and, and how you had to do it and keep your nose clean most of all be a person of integrity right so so uh, what was it what was the average day like and I,
0: I mean I know where we're, we're running long but huh? it's far like during the season so what oh. did it look like? Uh, let's say on a game day and, game, and, and, and well, game there's only one easy. of you. Yes. So, yeah. So now there's two, is that right? Yeah. Now there's two. Okay. There's two. So is there like a, uh, and I know you had told me offline, but uh-huh. you said you, you basically
1: follow the money. I've uh, yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta watch out for the money. Yeah. You gotta watch <laughs> out for the money. And, but the good thing was in our particular case, the money was Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosch was really low key. Yeah. Yeah. Really low keyed, he's not gonna do a whole lot. Uh he'd go out to dinner, uh, he go and do his appearances, uh and he'd go home. Yeah. Uh if he goes out, it was he'd go out, he's only out for X amount of time, he'd go home. Rarely drank, rarely did anything. And you sat on his hip until he oh, yeah, made it sit, home. Yeah, you sit on his hip or you, you know, you take him wherever he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh and you just make sure that. Hey, listen, when you're pulling up here that things are in an orderly fashion,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I would get ahead of them many a times and make sure, OK, all right, it's good. We're going to come in this direction. OK. Uh, and Chris was easy to work with. Yeah, he was. You know, we didn't have one of those teams that had big egos. That's good. like you couldn't have. Like if I would have been with the. With the heat mm-hmm. at the time, you know, you know, you had egos. Not even heat. uh, even Cleveland didn't really have it. You know, there were some teams that had really, really large Lakers. egos, like Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. You know, yeah. they had really, really large personalities. Yeah. You could not have, you know, those types of things. But Toronto was was really, really easy. So an average day, game day was easy. Okay. You know, game day was 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 almost like a relaxed day. Okay. You know, game day. You, you know, you fly into a town. You know, depending if you're on a back to back, or you, you are, or you got a night that you're going to stay over, depending upon the city mm-hmm. depending up on the city you knew you were going to have a long night <laughs> when you were going into miami and you had the night you didn't have a game following there was going to be a long night yeah there's going to be a long night but Did they try to lose you no actually they they didn't okay initially they didn't take to me oh and it was because of a couple of guys pop so uh-huh. and joey graham uh who became two of my really closer guys i called joey when he picks up the phone, he calls me, he says, ain't no better. <laughs> like, like, ain't no better brother. Uh-huh. Uh, that I became friends with them, mm-hmm. and then the team began okay. to trust me more. So, right. Uh, even though there you know, were still a few reluctant guys, uh, but when you became close with those guys, uh, the Anthony Park, Anthony Parker was always just genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Calderon, you know, Chris Bosh, you know, we were the team of good guys. Okay. So good that people would say that you were soft. Right. You know, right. They, they they played basketball the way basketball was supposed to be played. They weren't, right. you know, but we played it the right way. Uh, So, Ma- guys. Did, uh, did you, were you friends
0: with the other uh, security for the other team? Oh, absolutely. So, would you guys see each other out?
1: Oh, you know, it depends upon the city. Yeah, yeah. It depends upon the city. You would see uh, so some of those guys had had much bigger headaches than oh, you. Oh yeah, they had much. <laughs> like the guy here in DC, he had. <laughs> oh, that's what was Gilbert. There. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his story was well noted. You know, they yeah, had yeah, that yeah, problem yeah. down there. It's like, dude, love man, Gilbert Arenas. Oh but yeah, that, yeah, that was a wild was, yeah time. Was, was wild, wild time. <laughs> yeah. uh You know, and and and. You're out with these guys, and you begin to see the fanfare. Yeah. We're in Miami one time, uh, and we go to this place called Live Live. It's in the Fountain Blue Hotel, Uh, the hottest club in Miami. Mm -hmm. Chris Bosh is a second-year all-star. We go to this club, Live Live, whatever it is, and we walk down there, and all of us in there, they stop us. And they say, I'm sorry, we're at capacity. I'm with Chris Bosh. I'm like, oh, shoot. They told Chris Bosh, no. Charles Oakley came up. Mm -hmm. Big O came up. Says, what's up, CB? He said, what's up, Big O? Because remember, Charles Uh used to play with Toronto in his later years. So they were tight. So what's up, Big O? He said, why are you standing out here? He said, let me in. It was like Charles Oakley turned to him and said, they're with me. We all, <laughs> we all walked in. And it was like the perfect storm. Yeah, This night particularly it was the perfect storm. So we were in town. I think we had just got finished playing. The Knicks were in town because they were going to play Miami the following night. The true team that everyone knew back in the day that was running this in the University of Miami was in town. Uh-huh. And of all people, Floyd Money Mayweather was yeah. in town. Wow. And we're in this club and it is probably the most the craziest environment star studded environment you ever seen and in came floyd money mayor and he comes in with five or six of the biggest guys that you've ever seen in your life mm-hmm. he assumes his position and he has two blocks of money in his hand had to be ten thousand dollars in each hand and he stands up on the sofa and he begins to talk to his money yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what's up oh <laughs> you hold on a second yeah, 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 no, no I'm <laughs> in a club, yeah, no. and you're looking around at this environment, and you must have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in one spot. So you had the Heat, the Knicks, the Raptors, and Floyd Money Mayweather, and the University of Miami,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you, and the fanfare that was there was unbelievable. Wow, and you to, it's like one of those moments you like. No one would ever believe this. Right. Uh, unless you actually seen it. And your but anxiety
0: the, level had to be yeah, it, 100.
1: It, it, well, it, it was. It, it wasn't because, as big as the environment was, my guys weren't the biggest guys. Yeah. Okay. It makes my sense. My guys weren't the biggest guys. So yeah. I was cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was cool. Um, so, uh, you know, to say, you know, like an average NBA day, you know, was us getting up during mm. a game. You have breakfast. You go down. They had They say team meeting first thing on a game day. Team meeting. You go down. They have a huge spread. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love the breakfasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 like I said, the guys would take you everywhere when they were out in the town. But you get up, have breakfast. They watch film. Mm-hmm. And by by ten thirty or so, you're on your way back to your room. Okay. Uh, some guys would go up and go to sleep. Some guys would go out. You know, shopping depended upon what city they were in. Uh LA, you're gonna shop, Miami, you're gonna shop. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, borderline. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Texas. Chris was from there. So mm-hmm. you knew uh you knew there was gonna be you were gonna be kind of busy. Mm-hmm. Uh but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really that bad. It's worse at home than it is on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh the road. Was, was easy. You knew what what to expect, and you knew what to you know yeah. what it was going to look like, gonna give a diet. Unless you know someone had a, a an appearance to actually do Right. Uh, right. They go to these appearances, and you know they sit there and they they talk for a few hours, and they get their gifts, and they would actually leave, and that was your day. However, if you're at home, your days are busy. Mm-hmm. So now you got practice. So everyone thinks that you aren't practicing during. You know, whatever the season. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. You're practicing. They have a two hour practice. Uh, they watch film. They get finished. They go get treatment. Uh, they eat lunch. And depending upon the day, you know, whoever was hot at the time, Chris Bosh, uh, Jamario Moon, Joey Graham, Anthony Parker, TJ Ford, you know all those guys would have appearances, mm-hmm. you know, that, Hey, Will, you know, we have this, we have to go out there where, or we're opening up a Raptors court or something like that over in one of the uh, lower income housing areas in Toronto. Uh, you know, your days weren't really long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did I work hard? No, no, I did. I, I did, But, but, but the expectation was, is I made it look easy because I had a good relationship with my guys. If I didn't have that relationship, yeah, my day would have been a lot more different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was because of good guys, uh, like the, you know, well, the whole team, you know, they they take you out, eat at the top-notch places. I
0: was going to say, how do you get used to uh, now, like living like a, like a regular human being? <laughs> it's a regular citizen without staying in five-star
1: hotels and eating at five-star restaurants. Listen, it, you know, you get to the point where, you know, because everything you did was private. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't on a, on a charter jet, you were on a private jet. Right. And so, you know, waiting in line, it was amazing. It's like, oh, if I was with Chris Bosh, I wouldn't have to wait in line.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, if I was with uh, Anthony Parker, Joy Graham, you know, any of these guys, you wouldn't have to wait in line. Right. Or, and these guys always took care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were always say, hey, listen, you know, and they would let you know when it's time for you to leave. Players only meeting. you. mm mm-hmm. uh, they would leave and uh, they'd send you out. you just mm-hmm. kind of sit and wait. Uh, but the experience was second to none. Yeah. Second to none. That's awesome.
0: Uh-huh. All right. So some quick hitters wrapping up here. Um, we could so went on and on about I know, this, man. Yeah, really, we but, like part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so three favorite memories, and just, you know, quickly. Um, three favorite memories from working with the Raptors.
1: Huh. NBA All-Star Games.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Are actually, you down
3: on court side
0: with at that yeah. point too? Yeah.
1: yeah, your court side, and you're actually you're actually down there with these guys, and mm-hmm. so you know you, you have all the security guys. So you're asking if all the security right. guys, you know, one yeah, you knew one another because everyone knew who the hot guys were. So gambling is not permitted, kids. Uh, <laughs> but but I'll tell you a short, quick Short, short story. We're in New Orleans. And great place for an yeah, all-star game. Great by the way. place for an all-star game. We're in New Orleans, and it was naturally East versus West at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the deal was was that the Eastern security guards bet the Western security guards who was going to win, mm. who was going to win. So now you have to remember, you're getting x amount of dollars for being there. You get this per diem or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you put up, I won't say the dollar amount. <laughs> I won't put it. I won't say the dollar amount. So everyone says, "Okay, each of us put up this dollar amount." Five dollars. We put put up five dollars. We put up five dollars. And whoever wins, you know, you got to give the security people over here this money. Uh So needless to say, the West beat the East. Uh So we're pissed. Yeah, we're pissed. One of the guys comes up with the bright idea. As a matter of fact. I think it was the Detroit security uh, security guy. He says, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna go get it in pennies." <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say gonna rob them. <laughs> no, no. Rob- So <laughs> they went and got this X amount of dollars. Where he found it, where it was, some bank, yeah, and gave it to him in oh pennies. Oh my god, and pennies so was all rolled up bags yeah. of pennies. Yeah, they were. Hiss <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Yeah. That's you guys awesome. are wrong for that. You guys are wrong for that. We still paid you. Yeah. We didn't turn our back. But anything, that's all. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, one. that's one. Uh second moment.
3: Uh no, this is not
1: in order. This is yeah, that's end, fine. I know yeah. No order. Uh the big three came into play. The first time big three came about, and that big three was Kevin Garnett, uh-huh. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen up there in Boston. And we went to Europe uh, that year. Mm-hmm. We played in Italy. We were in Italy. And it blew my mind. We ended up playing Boston that particular year, uh, you know, up there at this, this big three. They, they beat us in this exhibition game. But what was really cool was to watch the dynamics of that team mm. and to watch how they followed one another. They would be out At dinner, Kevin Garnett, they come in as a team. They come in, they sit down. And this was like throughout the season because it's the same year they won NBA championship. Right. They come in as a team, whether it was the dinner or game, whatever, but we'll use a nightclub event. I watched them come to Toronto one time and they came to Toronto. They're out. They came in at like nine, 10 o'clock. 12 o'clock midnight, Kevin Garnett stands up and says, let's go. <laughs> Serious. Let's go. And everyone got up as a team and left. Wow. Got up as a team and left. Needless to say, they did up winning NBA right. title. So that's one of my favorite just to just to be able to say you know that was the beginning because if you really think about it that was the first time a big three had really tried been right. assembled yeah and they were the beginning of that era of now what you call the, the big three mm-hmm. uh third most favorite
3: uh believe it or not for me personally
1: there are a number of them that 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 stand out But for me, a big deal for me was that my son uh, uh, got a chance to do a number of things. Uh, And being away from home was difficult. But the times in which they were coming up Mm -hmm. to visit Mm -hmm. was cool. And so Donovan and my wife, my mother-in-law came up to the game. Free, forget the game. And we had great seats. Matter of fact, Again just to show you generosity They were Mark Eversley's seats So they're right by the vomitory And they're right there You know you see all the t- all the players come out You can slap five uh-huh. You ever see when guys are yeah, jumping up Yeah, They're right there And so Donovan is there And he's Four mm-hmm. Yeah maybe three or four And he's there He sees me And I'm working And it was halftime And I reach down And he reaches to me And I hand him And then Dawn hands them to me. And I take them on the basketball court. Uh Halftime of a game. Yeah. So you got 20,000 people (laughs) looking at Donovan running up and down the court. Uh And they're cheering him on. He's on the jumbotron. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the jumbotron. He has no clue what's going on. He just sees daddy. And it just, it was one of those moments where you're like, you know what? He's not going to remember. Here's the, I'm so angry that i didn't memorialize it Uh, but at the time we didn't have the cell phones right right you know smartphones were just coming about right and i should have gotten the the footage from the uh from the uh uh video crew but yeah that was just one of those big big moments where and you know they would use him He, he became like if i recall he became like part of the the introduction, you'd see, like, the fan group. Yeah. You know, they show the dunks and all this. There was an image that he came up. And I was like, well. Wow, that's special. It's, yeah. It's, it's really, really special. That was just one of those moments where, and for whatever reason, you know, like I said, Donovan was a young guy, mm-hmm. you know, but he fell in love. Yeah. And, yeah. and every time we go up there, there's a group of family. There's a family that we go and stay with, and they may go over him. Like no other mm-hmm. and so he's he's like he even says he says i don't know what you're gonna do when, when i graduate <laughs> but i'm moving to canada <laughs> so like, Canada, you know but yeah like, yeah yeah so he says okay so those are my top three okay my top three that's special yeah Let's uh just tell you so many more stories man i know yep. yeah <laughs> uh
3: three favorite players to work with
1: I, if I if I said it, you know, it seems like you'd slight other people. Sure. To say three, there were there were so many. They're they're all great, you know. But someone like Joey Graham, just to this day, he's one of the kindest, most considerate guys you you want to know. Players wise, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Parker. Mm-hmm. Anthony Parker says, I said to Anthony Parker one time, AP, that's Candace Parker's brother. Everyone thinks of, not Tony Parker down in San Antonio, but Anthony Parker. (laughs) Candace Parker's brother. Uh, He says to me one time, I says, AP, can I have an autograph? Mm -hmm. You know, I need an autograph. He says, no, man, we family. He says, you can't ask me for an autograph. (laughs) Uh, You can pick up the phone and, and talk to me and whatever. And it blew my mind the humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kindness that he has, uh, Jamario Moon,
3: Jermaine O'Neal, uh,
1: you you know those guys, you know, is as big as Jermaine was. Mm-hmm. He was still kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was still a great person to be around. You can't say anything bad about Jo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You say a lot of funny stuff. Uh, oh, I got to tell you this. I can't say the other player that was with him. I can't. But we're in Toronto one time. And I'll tell you the team. I'll tell you the team. We we're were we in Toronto. Jermaine is with us. He says, Will, come with me. We're going to go out to dinner. The Detroit Pistons are in town. That's okay. all I'm going to say. So, Detroit Pistons are in town. And i want you to go out to dinner with me and this guy Jo says not a problem great so i go out we're walking down the street in toronto and a kid sees these two guys Mm -hmm. but these he most notably sees the guy from detroit Mm -hmm. guys i'm doing this intentionally because i will not say this (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and the kid Literally runs across this, trying to run across the street, a four lane highway. Toronto's huge. Yeah. 6.5 million people in the GTA, just to give you an idea, greater Toronto area. Kids running across the street trying to get to this player. And he gets over there. He says, such and such, can I have have an (laughs) autograph? The player turns around and says, get out of here, kid. (laughs) Get out of here. You didn't say that. And Jermaine turns and says, yo, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. He says, yes, I can. I'm tired of these. Tired of these. I'm tired of these. And Jermaine, in typical Jermaine fashion, says, well, get the kid's information. Mm-hmm. Get his phone number. Get uh And ask him, does he want to come to tonight's game?
3: Wow.
1: And how many people he wants to come. Wow. And the kid didn't believe it so i took his phone number and i called him and the kid was telling his mother mm-hmm. like no no jermaine O'Neal is gonna give tickets. <laughs> so i'm calling a kid yeah i'm calling a kid you know you know how but you know how many ways that could have went yeah yeah and jermaine left them four tickets for he and his family just because he knew how the guy was but he says you can't be that type of person right Right, you can't be the type of person, just to show you just you know there's there's a lot of kind people you have the jerks, yeah, but there's a lot of kind people, and they're under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of pressure, Yeah, always under the microscope. Yeah, under the yeah. microscope, yeah, and that was primarily my job to make sure that if there was anyone who was going to look bad, I was the guy who was going to look bad, yeah, you know, cutting interviews short, cutting people's conversations short, getting them in and out of places, getting them in and out of the car. Uh, getting them to the airports, whatever it may be, I was the one that made, was it look bad. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's a great story about Jo. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: All right, last question. and We'll get you out of here. Uh-huh. Uh, five dinner guests that are alive.
1: Five dinner guests from the NBA. No, or that five, just anybody that I would like. It's would, your dinner, so oh. you
3: get to you get to bring five with you. Got to say Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: for a man to carry himself with a level of, again, my, my big words are humility, dignity, in mm-hmm. times in which people just didn't want to work with you. And everyone always wanted to criticize them. Mm-hmm. But you had a Senate that didn't want to work with you. Yep. Uh, they wouldn't even allow you to pick your Supreme Court nominee just because of pure hatred. Uh I applaud a man who's always remained uh that level of a person.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh I gotta tell you, you know, a lot of who I am is because of
1: what, what she uh would tell me that I really may not have agreed with, mm-hmm. but in the long term, you know. She was exposed to a lot of different stuff, and more stuff than I was, and her level of she she walks the walk. When she says her faith is what she is led by, uh, she is definitely that person. That, she'll probably hear this, you know. I don't know, you know. <laughs> she's like, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear the podcast. Yeah. And now, yes, babe, you know, yes, you are definitely. <laughs> One of the the most important person in the world to me it was who's taught me a lot of being a person of character, a person of dignity, a person mm-hmm. of word, learning how to give and what it just means to be a Christian.
3: Mm. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh let's see. Man, I mentioned I mentioned
1: so you know, alive.
3: Uh Dead or alive. Dead or alive?
1: Yeah, yeah. Colin Powell mm. Colin Powell uh, for a man again to be as noteworthy as who he was and to be under that type he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff mm-hmm. and was highly respected on both sides of the aisle Right, and identified himself as Republican
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and at one point could have been one of your more formidable, formidable opponents that could have been your first African American president? Yeah, could have been that person. Yep. Uh, it's, it's when you see that type of position, that type of person that you're able to appeal to to both people, to mm-hmm. both groups of both different parties with two different stances. Uh, it says a lot about who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person. Uh, believe it or not, you know, you know, my 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 sports. You know, you 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 watch, you watch people who
3: always do it or seem to do it the
1: right way. And we spoke about them earlier. Uh, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. LeBron James. I don't care what they say about LeBron. I love how he's done it. How he's Always carried himself, even, you know, when it doesn't look right. Yeah. Uh, I I truly appreciate what he's done for the game, what he's done for Manning, what he's done to show people, hey, listen, you know, this is not just about me and to make the world a better place. When you can, you know, set yourself down and do for others, in spite of what it was, you know, what it may look like for you. it's, It's really, really huge. Yeah.
3: I want to pull
0: the curtain back on him one time cuz I, I I do feel like he's which he has to be. He's uh-huh. I I'm just I'm really intrigued by him. I really want to pull the curtain uh-huh. back and really know what he's what inspires him what what he's thinking, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Cuz Cause, cause anybody of that uh caliber, they're uh-huh. only going to give you what they want to give you. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But 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 so he you know <clears throat> I I think it would be it'd be, be, it'd be really he's, interesting. He's I think so too. But it'd be really down. interesting to hear about, you know, the the school and, yeah. and the social justice and the, you know, yeah. like
1: things that are, I, yeah. he's he's very intriguing. That's, and, a, that's a really good pit. And, and last but not least, my dad, mm-hmm. man of principle, may not have <laughs> may not have agreed with how he did it, mm-hmm. may not have agreed with what was going on. But I had to. I had to give it to him because what he experienced mm. growing up as a young man grew up in Grand Junction, Tennessee. Mm. His father was a doctor. Wow. Yeah, yeah. His father was a medical doctor. And and he had nine brothers,
3: no, ten. Ten brothers and sisters. Wow.
1: I Get it mixed up. A couple of them I didn't meet. My Uncle David, my uncle Mark. Mm-hmm. And then if I went down the rest. So but the principle he he stood for. And what he would try to explain to me when I was growing up. And I didn't understand it. Right. I didn't understand what he was saying. He just didn't say it in the most politically correct way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But but now as I begin to get older, I'm like, wow, daddy told me. Mm -hmm. Daddy told me. And so I spend a lot of my time telling my son, I says, I know you don't get what I'm trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to make sense to you right now. But the idea is to put something in your brain so that you will always or you while you you happen to have an encounter, you fall into a circumstance and you say, my dad told me about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad told me about always if you're always walking, if you're always doing the right thing, if you're living your life according to God's will you'll never have to worry about being caught doing the wrong thing. Mm. If you're living your principled life all the time, God's will, mm. you don't ever have to worry about doing the wrong, I mean, get, being caught about doing the wrong thing. So when the cameras are on, Donovan is always doing what's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, implore that upon him. As a matter of fact, I implore it upon him, on many kids. And I had another leadership group that I'm involved with. and uh, And this guy is probably one of the smartest guys I've Well, I can really call a friend, is Donovan's Godfather. Mm -hmm. Self-taught, seven different languages. He's the chief of security of the number one realtor in the company, I mean, in the world, Walmart. And he came from the neighborhood. Mm. He came from Broadway, New Jersey. Mm. Uh Yeah. They played in the NFL and built a brilliant, beautiful family. His boys, one of his boys, a nephew, plays at IMG, plays basketball at IMG. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, plays basketball at IMG. He's getting ready to sign I Can't keep it uh, under wraps. Uh, I think I know where he's going to go. Uh, then his other son is actually
3: uh, in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm.
1: Who's in the front office of the Big Ten? Oh wow! Uh, so uh, yeah, Donovan's going to have great internships. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's going to yeah he's he's going to be he'll be at the end he'll be in the NBA he'll be the big 10 and all he has to do is be obedient to the lord and always know that someone's watching and keep your nose clean and great things will be in store for you mm-hmm. and help other people it's key
0: yeah
1: yeah that's key we well,
0: could look, go on and on man. we could but let me tell you this and i know i've told you privately, but your son is one of the kindest kids i've ever coached i mean yeah. he's got such a good heart he cares about people yeah he does
1: um that worries me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to cry but it just worries us oh yeah, like, so, yeah. You're so yeah stop being so trusting yeah though. like yeah yeah
0: yeah but he uh you know he did some share this real quick and we get we, we've been on for a long time but um our our uh banquet one of the kids was sick you mm-hmm. were there uh-huh. and so the coach said well Coach Frierson said, well, I, you know, I'm going to read this anyway. And then Donovan said, hold on, coach. Let me record it so I can send it to him. Uh, so he thought, Matthew, you know. Yes. Yeah. Matthew. Yep. So Matthew. he thought that quick, like, you know, let yeah. me, let me capture this moment for And I, That's just one of many things, but yeah. he, uh, you know, he, he's such a great kid, man. He, he's so much fun to coach. He's always positive. He cares about
1: people. Thank you. That's, and he's funny. Yeah. I've been learning that. You yeah. Know, and he's, you know, he loves to lift now and he's, you should see him now, Coach. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I love the fact that people view him like that. And I love the fact that that he's doing the right thing. I tell him all the time, I said, son, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I said, says, says, I just pray the Lord gives me the time that I can see what you're doing and I can see my grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. I said, <laughs> because what you're going to be doing is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And here's the deal. He says, in the most humble way. I know, Dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know. That's good. So, That's yeah, confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, by the way, on the court, incredibly high IQ. Thank I mean, you. he boxes out. I, there's, like, little things he does. And we're uh-huh. like, man, like, always talk of stress. Make the most of your minutes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whether you play 32 or two, you know, just whatever it is or anywhere in between. And he just, man, hustles. Yeah. He just does things. We're like, man, he's got it, you know? So he, it's, he he, a he, he's a lot of fun.
1: He has a testimony coach ask him about what he's what he's had to fight through Mm -hmm. coming up as a kid you know donovan has a lot of stuff that's going on but it wasn't if it weren't for god and his his blessings uh and the way he's handled certain circumstances let him tell you yeah i will it'll it'll, it'll, it'll blow your mind yeah
0: This has been great. Um, no, we went long tonight, but I appreciate everybody listening. I'm sure everybody's going to be asking me to get you back on, tell some more stories. But this has been a lot of fun, man. Really, and my my very first in in studio guest, yeah, episode 45. Took 45 episodes to get somebody in person, but this has been a lot of fun. I don't like, yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah. zooming in. No, but this was this was good, man. This was great. I appreciate appreciate, it. I appreciate the invite. Thank you so much. It was really fun. You know when you when you really thought about it's like what am I going to talk about? What do I have to talk about when you invited me? I'm like yeah. Why do you want to talk to me, but it became you made it very very comfortable and very very fun to do, and I hope I didn't talk here you Oh all no, time. man, we could talk all yeah. night. Yeah. We we yeah. may talk
0: all night, by t- when we have yeah. stopped. stop, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, but everybody check back next week. This was episode 45 with Will Richardson, uh, former security with Toronto Raptors, former FBI, former BPD, former national champion. Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a great there's there's a lot there to talk about. Yeah, so there it is. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. God bless you. God bless you. All right, everybody, take care.